Business owners are cluing into the fact that Bitcoin is here to stay, but its adoption is only about where internet adoption was in the mid-90s. In other words, there's still a ton of upside and opportunity. If you want to learn how other business owners and entrepreneurs are using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses so that you can too, stick around at the end of this episode to hear the trailer for my newest podcast, Business Bitcoinization. And now, on to today's episode. You're listening to the Life as Leadership podcast. Are you looking for motivation and encouragement on your path to becoming a better leader? If so, you've come to the right place. Keep listening to find a community of leaders committed to learning and taking action to improve their world. The Life as Leadership podcast, where leaders gather to grow together. Here's your host, Josh Friedemann. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. This week, we're going to be hearing from the teachers at the Paramount Schools Network in Indianapolis. Last week, we heard from the administrators, and this week, we get a behind-the-scenes look at the leadership team and how effective they are in their work with the teachers and how that influences the classroom and the students at the schools. Joining me this week to listen to and discuss the podcast once again are my friends and fellow leaders, Cody Coleman and Molly Bowser. We're going to be talking about the importance of certain principles that you pick up wherever you work mm. and the things that you pick up along the way and take with you. That's going to be a, a question that we talk about in the interview today. And I wanted to ask you before we get into the interview, what is a principle that you've picked up at a previous job that you've brought with you to your next job? What is something that you learned that you thought was so valuable that you wanted to take it with you to the next place where you were working? A lesson that I learned, it's much less a principle as it is a lesson, is to embrace change. Um, I'm not a person who embraces change very well. I do not roll with the punches very well. But in the last couple of years, I've been told to suck it up a lot. And over time, you kind of start sucking it up. And in one area of leadership, it was very strong of like, okay, Molly, you have to roll with change because it's just constant and you have to get used to it. And I am very happy to have learned that lesson slowly but surely because in any job I've had since then, it's it's been a lot of change and it's it's much less daunting. Still daunting, a little scary, a little uncomfortable, but it's much less. So do you prefer the more technical term, suck it up, or the more crass term, embrace the change? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say suck it up. <laughs> Cody, how about you? Um, yeah, so when I was, I actually worked for my dad for a long time before I actually started teaching, and then after teaching, I'm doing research. But as I was working for my dad, I remember very vividly one day, he said, son, if you weren't my son, I'd have fired you six times now. And wow. That day was a little bit heartbreaking because sure. like that hit me really hard to hear it from my dad, first of all, but also my boss. And it was, it was odd. But he was always hard on me because he, he wanted me a better to be a better leader. And in that, I learned a whole lot of stuff, but mostly that day was it doesn't matter if you don't want to do something, you do it anyway. Mm. Like you show up, you do your job. It's very much something we talked about last week come in with substance and not necessarily charisma. You want to be that substance kind of person that shows up and does their job. Somebody you can trust uh, to do their job every single time without fail to the best of their ability. Absolutely. Um, and I've, I've taken that to every place else that I've ever been, you know, not just jobs, but um, any project or anything I'm working on. Yeah. And I've had a lot of great leaders in my life and not even just 
in in my jobs, but throughout life, yeah. great influences. And so there are any number of things that I could draw from, but one of the things that kind of came to me first mm-hmm. was in Honduras, my direct supervisor was someone who really cared for students. Yeah. And he, he made sure that especially those who maybe didn't have much of a, a foundation in their lives, mm-hmm. he would show them that foundation and really help them out and guide them along yeah. and care for them beyond what his job called for. And that is that is always going to be one of those aspirational things. That's, that's something that is really difficult to do, but very important to do, mm-hmm. especially for those individuals. You know, you don't necessarily see the impact that you're having, but a decade down the road you can see that you had a major influence in someone's life. That's hard work right there, but that is a valuable principle that I would like to take with me into the future. Well, let's go ahead and get into today's interview with the teachers from the Paramount Schools Network. The Paramount Schools are a three-school network with over 900 students in Indianapolis. These schools exist to inspire learning through an unparalleled academic approach and to transform communities by changing lives. Today we're talking about the difference that leadership can make in an educational context, and just like last week we had four administrators from the school, this week we have four teachers. So welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much. If you would, take a second to introduce yourselves so that the audience knows who you are and what your position is at the school. Um, Hi, I'm Megan Bowkley, a fourth grade teacher at Paramount. My name is Hannah Friedemann. I am currently the fourth grade team lead. My name is Liz Bishop, third grade team lead. Keith Thomas. I'm the middle school math teacher. Well, thanks to each of you for being here today. Could you let us know how you found out about Paramount Schools and what it was that encouraged you to take the position that you have at Paramount? So Paramount was one of the first schools I interviewed at after um, graduating from college, looking at uh, different places to teach. And so I was targeting um, urban schools in downtown Indianapolis, and I was blown away um, by the fact that Paramount was an urban school that was having success rates that rivaled suburban schools and private schools and um, kids from more privileged homes. So that was what really attracted me to Paramount and what I felt set it apart from other places. My experience, um, I had a little bit more teaching experience prior to coming to Paramount. Um, and through my previous experience, I had some opportunities to work in a leadership role um, where I was able to do some networking with some other schools. Um, and I kind of got in contact with Paramount through that. Um, We worked together um, in a collaborative sense um, prior to my starting a job here. Um, And there were just so many things about what my goals were professionally that matched so well with what Paramount was trying to do as a school. Um, And it just felt like a really good fit for me from, from that perspective. Mine is actually a little different. So I grew up right down the street from Paramount, which was originally the old Masonic Lodge. Um, And so just seeing the evolution of the old Masonic Lodge turning into Paramount, um, I had just graduated college at IEPUI downtown and actually had a connection through one of our HR, um, had an interview toward the school and instantly fell in love with the committed teachers and how friendly everyone was. A really good friend of mine worked at Paramount, and she suggested that I come down and just observe the school and have a talk with the principal. And I came down, we talked, and had a a semi-interview, and then um, I got hired on board. So based on your previous teaching experiences, because 
some of you have had previous teaching experiences uh, full-time before this job, but all of you, I'm assuming, had some sort of teaching experience as a student teacher in college. How would you say that Paramount differs from other schools that you've worked with? I think I had about five years of teaching experience prior to coming to Paramount in, in various capacities. And I think the thing that sets Paramount apart from that is just the fact that kind of all the things that I found that worked well at my previous schools, Paramount was doing all of them at the same time. Um, so all the things that were for me what felt like even from a moral standpoint the way that education should look Paramount was already doing and the interest of the kids was number one Um, but I think what stands out for me as the biggest difference is that not only was my philosophy on education matching what Paramount's was but so was every other teacher I was working with so we didn't have any sort of breakdown in the goals of what we were setting because we were all already on the same page. Yeah, so this was my first teaching job right out of college, but in reflecting on how it was different from uh, the school where I worked as a student teacher my senior year, um, I think the biggest thing that stuck out as I started my first few weeks here, or maybe the two biggest things, were the level of support that teachers were receiving from administration, um, just in any area that you needed it, whether behavioral or academic coaching, and also the optimism and positivity that the staff exhibited. I think in a lot of places, when people perceive their students as having um, high needs academically or behaviorally, um, they give up and they do a lot of griping about it. It's, it can become a really negative, toxic environment in schools. Um, and you'll hear a lot of teachers say that. They'll say the teacher's lounge is like the most toxic place in the school. And yeah. people just go there to let loose about everything that's going wrong. Um, and not that we're perfect and we never do that. But I think as a whole, um, Paramount has this approach and this idea that the vast majority of our students are capable at, of achieving grade level readiness every year. And we do whatever we need to do to make that happen. And so when you have a culture of high expectations like that and a history of meeting those expectations, it really cuts down on a lot of the negativity and creates a healthier environment. So one of the things that we talked about last week in the interview with the administrators at Paramount was how they purposefully develop teachers into better leaders And I'm wondering what your experiences have been in this regard. Is your current position the same one that you had when you started? And if not, how how have you experienced that as a teacher at Paramount? So my position has changed a few times since my first day at Paramount. Um, Starting off as the first grade instructional assistant, um, pulling small groups. um, And then, you know, as the leaders of the school kind of helped me develop better skills um, I would go to professional developments after school, meeting with them. Um, my position changed, and I moved up to third grade instructional assistant, um, which put a lot more pressure on me um, as an instructional assistant just because of the testing grades um, where I was held accountable, and I had the desire to push the students to try harder and to see their own accomplishments, um, and then slowly moved into a teaching position and now third grade team lead. Um, and I think with the help of the leadership team helping me grow through individual instruction in the classroom with observations um, from when daily in the classroom to once weekly to kind of pushing back a little bit less often um, and then just always offering the opportunity for kind of the open door policy of any questions or concerns I have. Um, they're always there to help. Um, any questions I have, they can give me better ideas. 
Um, so just kind of seeing their support helped me grow as a teacher and gave me the opportunity to grow in my position. So I uh, came in as a fourth grade teacher, and that was my sole position for two years. And just this year, I'm moving into um, a team lead position, still with a lot of support behind me. So it's been, I don't necessarily know that I was asking for that position or felt like I was ready for that position, but I can see the ways over the last several years that I've been sort of intentionally coached and pushed um, to be ready to take something like that on in discussions with administration and in professional development that they're sending me to. Um, I, a lot of times would feel like I was being allowed to have input in something that I maybe wasn't qualified to, but I think that was all sort of part of a, a plan to push me in ways that I ne- wasn't necessarily going to push myself. Um, so definitely in retrospect, I can see ways that administration was really intentional about helping me to grow. Would you say that there is any effect that the leadership approaches and values of Paramount have on your actual work inside of the classroom? I would say that the leadership, they, they just set a really high bar. So that, those kind of expectations trickle down from, from the admin team to the teachers to the students. And that's why I feel like the school has been really successful just because of the, um, the vision and the expectations set by the leadership team kind of feeding off of that, setting that high bar. Um, We know where the bar is set, and we know we want to get there, but they're not pushing everything at us at once. So kind of coaching each individual on the things that they do not as well, Um, kind of building those skills up before they give you another skill to add to that. So just kind of the tier by tier, and then eventually meeting that bar and still continuing to push above yeah, I like a lot of these things that you're saying right here. A couple of them were that they have a high bar and that they also, while they may have the, the high expectations, they also will help you to grow at a, a comfortable or realistic pace. They'll, they'll tier your growth. Are there any other unexpected or less obvious benefits that the leadership at Paramount provides for teachers in the classroom and maybe just um, other staff positions? Um, I think one of the biggest things that... Um depending on how comfortable you are with yourself as a teacher um it's kind of a a thing that you get used to at paramount that seems normal Um, but there is a lot of feedback and observation and support that in some environments can feel very punitive um or feel very evaluative and in a lot of cases um, there is obviously some level of evaluation because that's the point of it Um, but any kind of observation in a classroom is intended to help a teacher grow in areas where they may not have noticed so it happens often and then there's always a feedback session where it's not just your administration coming into the classroom once or twice a year to watch you on those isolated incidents they're in your classroom two or three times a week or once a week so that you're getting that feedback from them to help you grow in ways where it's just I have one thing to work on and I can get better at that so it's it's providing um a lot more support to feel like you're getting better every day rather than only hearing what you could do better a couple of times a year. So before we move forward here, uh, I'd like to hear from others in just a second, but does that feedback look, look pretty much the same for all teachers? Is there, is there a pretty common approach there or is it somewhat individualized? I'm, I'm asking this because I know there are leaders who are listening to this podcast who would like to do a better job at evaluation, but that's one of those things that I feel like is, is a tough code to crack sometimes. I would say that it's, it's more individualized than anything else because we have rookie teachers or first-year teachers, and they're not going to be uh, supported in the same way or get the same kind of feedback as a veteran teacher like myself would. So 
they they understand where people are at on that spectrum in their careers, and they customize and individualize the feedback they give them based on their experiences. Yeah, I think one of the tools that they use that it's really helpful, Liz was talking earlier about how there's different tiers, sort of, of um, how they work with teachers. Um, and so they have specific tools for evaluation that they've developed. Um, but as a first-year teacher, you're only being assessed or evaluated or coached on a few indicators. They want you to really be doing a couple important things well. Um, so, for example, differentiation is kind of a buzzword in education. Um, it means uh, meeting your students' needs, whether they're really high or really low or have um, a learning disability, regardless of where they are, you're differentiating your instruction to meet them. Um, that at Paramount is seen as sort of a skill that you grow into. So sort of like you would build the foundation of a building first. They build those foundational skills, they coach you in those, and then they, as you master those, you're able to build on them um, and master more complex topics. So it's really helpful as a first-year teacher um, coming in and knowing there's all of these things I need to be doing, but they simplify it and boil it down to here's just a couple. Focus on these. So in last week's interview, we talked about the school values at Paramount and how important they are just to how things are structured. I'm wondering if you could speak a little bit to how a clear value system and a strong culture set you up for success. Yeah, so I think what some of the paramount values that have rubbed off on me, and I even like, I think I am this way more in my personal life after being formed this way in my work life, um, are knowing what's expected and what to require of yourself. So where the bar should be set and not um, building off that, not making excuses for not meeting it. So if your students aren't achieving at the levels that they should be, not saying like, oh, well, it's because of this. It's because of their home life. It's because, um, I don't know, you could write it off any number of ways. But you don't want, at Paramount, there's a strong um, principle of not making excuses and owning your own results. And I think because of that, um, when you know what's expected and what to require of yourself, everyone's focused on themselves and building up their own expertise. And so I really felt like my first year, as I felt like I was floundering a lot, one of the things I was not stressing about was what other people were thinking about me or how they were perceiving me because I feel like everyone's very focused on what can I do to make myself a better teacher starting from where I am today and not looking around and comparing yourself to the teachers around you. Yeah, I think building off of that, it it's not only happening for the teachers because that that is exactly what it is, but like they said, it kind of trickles down to the students um, because the students learn that they aren't they don't need to be making excuses for the the shortcomings that they have they just start to focus on being kind of goal oriented and being aware of what their data looks like being aware of where their strengths and weaknesses are and then being more um, intentional about fixing those things independently which means they also aren't looking around and comparing themselves to other students and they're not looking around and and paying attention to their shortcomings in compared comparison to those other students um, so I think it kind of also in turn helps with that behavioral management part of what we do um, because the students aren't focused on everyone else. They're focused on themselves. Do you feel like the structure at the school is helping you personally to become a better leader? And that could be inside of the classroom or it could be beyond that, even in your own life. And Hannah, I know you just spoke to that a little bit, but others want to chime in. Have you found that the leadership at Paramount has helped you to develop as a leader yourself? I feel that the leadership has definitely helped me to become a better leader. Um, being at the school for so long and having different teachers uh, on my team and being able to like coach and develop and guide them as they become better and more experienced educators, that's been a, a great thing. But also with uh, the network of the schools expanding 
having an opportunity to work with other teachers at the net the other network schools. So not only am I affect like I have students that I'm affecting, and then I also have teachers in the building that I'm working with. But then we also have teachers from other schools within our network that I'm working with. So that has helped me to become a better leader and educator. Same with me as well. Thinking about starting off as an IA, um, getting to see and talk to a bunch of different um, different grade leaders, the administration leaders, um, seeing what worked for them, observing what didn't work well. Um, I kind of had the ability to let the structure kind of fall in place for itself. So I got to see all of that um, and hear the feedback as I increased and changed positions. So the structure is kind of different based on your position. So I've had different feedback from what it looks like in a small group to what it looks like in a whole class to what it looks like to me as an individual teacher working one-on-one with a student. Um, And so I think that that's been really helpful. I think the structure of leadership is also one that – the leadership team is very aware of what our personal and professional goals are and where we want to grow as leaders. So, you know, they, they make it a point to know that about each staff member and have those conversations. But then that also means that because they're aware of that, anytime there's an opportunity to kind of um, get our feet wet in certain leadership areas, um, they're giving us the opportunity to do those things. So if, if there's a staff member who wants to grow um, as a, in a coaching role, they might provide that that teacher with the ability to coach one or two other people. And, you know, those are very um, scaffolded, um, supported conversations where there's a member of the leadership team there to help them do that and talk to them about how to better do those things. So it's not just the the idea of feedback for teachers in the classroom, but also teachers as leaders, um, giving them that supported opportunity to do that so that they can grow in, in small doses at things that they want to get better at. So you may end up being a paramount for the rest of your career, but there's a good chance that one or more of you are going to leave in the future. And if and when you do leave, I would love to hear some of the expectations or skills that you want to take with you to your next job to influence that place for the better. I would definitely want to take with me just the mentality that the the admin team and the teachers have or just no, no excuses when it comes to making sure we're doing what's best and preparing our students to be unprepared academically. Uh, and socially and behaviorally. So just making sure that wherever I go, that's going to be to try to set and establish that same type of expectations. I definitely agree with that. I think one of the things when I was reflecting on this question that I wrote down was just not making excuses for myself and owning owning whatever results look like for me in the future. Right now it looks like my students' academic data um, But whatever that looks like in the future, just not trying to write off any of my results onto someone else or um, circumstances that I can't control, but making sure that I'm doing what I can to control what I can. And then another really healthy thing about the culture here, I think, is um, they have this term they throw around ELE, which is everybody loves everybody. And it's just this whole culture of not um, talking about people, not being negative about people either to their faces or behind their backs. And it's created a largely gossip-free work environment, which I think is really rare and really healthy and hard to come by. So that's something that I really value here is I don't feel like anyone is talking about me behind my back um, because as soon as someone starts doing that, everyone feels uncomfortable and kind of leaves. So I love that about working here, and I definitely want to carry that over into wherever I might end up in the future. Well, Hannah, Megan, Liz, Keith, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. Now, before we go, we like to have a few final questions that are meant to inspire us toward better leadership. So you ready for these? Ready. All righty. What is some lesson, saying, or experience that continues to influence your leadership to this day? Um, I would say everybody loves everybody. 
I have an experience. Um, whenever I think about the leadership of Paramount, I think of my first year of uh, floundering around. Um, I got observed one morning for um, a significant amount of time. I think it was a couple hours that I had um, the principal in my room, and I was sweating bullets. It was not going well. My class was out of control. And I left, and I took them to their next class, and I came back, and I was just utterly miserable. And I sat down kind of expecting to just have a list laid out for me of here's all of the things you did wrong. Please fix them. Um, and he looked at me, and he said, let's, let's talk about that. And I, of course, wanted to be like, let's not. <laughs> but it was just a really grace-filled conversation. And so I think that um, experience, to me, summarizes a lot of what I love about the culture here of really high expectations, but seasoned with empathy for where people are at. Use three descriptors to finish this sentence. A leader is... Confident, patient, committed. Um, I would say self-effacing, uncomplaining, and unflappable. What is a question that leaders should be asking either themselves or others? How can I continue to improve? Uh, I think when it comes to asking other people, um, what can I do to lighten your load? What is a book that you would recommend to leaders? I would recommend The Four Agreements by Don Ruiz. And I would say Deep Work by Cal Newport. If you could get every listener to start doing something this week to help them be a better leader, what would that thing be? Take responsibility. Look for a way to bring someone else's accomplishments to light. Um, Focus on ways to improve something every day. Observe your actions. And finally, our arbitrary but insightful question, and there may need to be some brief explanation for your answers. As a general life principle, is it better to ask why or why not? Why? Uh, Because once I, if we're on the same page and I understand why, then I'm with it. I would say why, because I think it's more important to cull the things that you already do and um, pare them down and only do the valuable things than it is to say why not and do a lot of things that aren't as valuable. I agree. Mine's going to be why. Um, Just to throw in something slightly different and a different perspective. um, I would say why not? Um, Mostly just to to think of things from a positive light as far as a leadership perspective. Um, Not necessarily why aren't you doing things, but why why couldn't you? And focus more on being able to do things rather than not being able to do them. Well, thanks to all four of you so much for your time today. If people want to learn more about what's happening at Paramount, could you let them know where to find out more? We have a website, ParamountIndy.org. Um, it gives you links to each individual school. We have three in our network now. So uh, ParamountIndy.org, you can access Paramount Community Heights, Paramount Brookside, where we are, and Paramount Inglewood as well. Hannah, Megan, Liz, Keith, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. It's been a pleasure. Thanks right. for having thank us. Thank you. Thanks. I hope you found today's interview valuable. We'll be back on Friday to discuss the interview and share some of our key takeaways with you. If you want to share some of your own thoughts on what you heard today, or if you want to leave other feedback for the show, email us at community at lifeasleadership.com. And if you think today's interview could be helpful to someone else who cares about becoming a better leader, go ahead and share it with them. Until next time, keep living and leading well. Hey, thanks for checking out this trailer for the Business Bitcoinization Show. My name is Josh Friedemann, and I'll be with you each episode interviewing business owners about how they're using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses. You might be wondering about the name, and I'll get to that in just a second. But first, let me tell you a little bit more about the show and who it's for. Unless you've lived under a rock for the last decade, you've heard of Bitcoin by now. And if you're like me, you heard about it a while ago, but didn't do anything about it until the last couple of years. Then one day, for whatever reason, it finally clicks. And after that, you enter the Bitcoin rabbit hole, as they say. And the deeper you get, the more you see the value of Bitcoin. But you know, maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you don't know much about Bitcoin, 
but are interested in learning more. Either way, this show can help you. Each episode will introduce you to an executive or entrepreneur who's using Bitcoin, the hardest money on planet Earth, to improve their life and their business. So, what's with the name? Well, it's a play on the term hyper-Bitcoinization, which is used to describe the eventual rapid adoption of Bitcoin as other currencies get weaker and weaker in relation to it. When you compare a seemingly never-ending supply of dollars to a hard cap of 21 million Bitcoin that will ever exist, it feels like only a matter of time until hyper-Bitcoinization happens. The good news is we have the opportunity to be on the front lines of creating a new and frankly better system. Whether you're already sold on Bitcoin and it feels like I'm preaching to the choir, or you're curious to learn more, business Bitcoinization will help you understand how you and your business can be prepared to take advantage of the massive productivity and wealth that Bitcoin will enable. If business Bitcoinization sounds like a show for you, go ahead and subscribe. Obviously, you can subscribe in whatever podcast app you're using right now, or go to www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. Once again, that's www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. I'm looking forward to sharing more soon, and until then, keep living and leading well.